Good morning, buddies. I hope you are all doing so well. Thank you so much for giving this video a shot, and I appreciate that, and I would also appreciate if you hit that subscribe button and you like this video and you leave a little comment down below. I know if you don't have a YouTube account, you probably can't do that, but just go ahead and make one just for me because, you know, I'm your buddy, right? If I'm your buddy and you're going to help a buddy out, that's how you help a buddy out. So in today's episode, I speak with Jay Hart, and if you don't know him, he is a lot of fun. You either love him or you hate him. I just so happen to love him. He's a great guy. He's got a great heart. He's so nice. He's so considerate. In this episode, we talk about our children, not my children, obviously I don't have any, but we talk about our children in the United States, protecting our children. We also talk about God and how our country should be looking forward, to, looking more towards God. We talk about House Bill 1041, and if you don't know what that is, you know, stick around and find out what that house bill is. And then also we talk about a wide array of things, but we talk more about local politics. So if you enjoy listening about political talks, this will be a kind of a fun one. So I want to go ahead and apologize right now. The video, for some reason, did not record once again. So it only started about 42 minutes until the very end of the podcast. So I will be putting that part in. But in the beginning part, you'll just be seeing a, a picture of the logo. So I do apologize for that. I'm still working on it, trying to figure out what that issue is. So please enjoy this video. And if you do, like I said earlier, like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening in on uh, Spotify or Apple or CastBox, BreakerBox, any of those types, go ahead and hit that subscribe button to the channel. Helps me out. Let's me know that you are liking the content of what I'm putting out there. And then it kind of motivates me to do some more content similar to this. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. You ready to get started, buddy? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So Jay... I'm having you on for a second time. The room's a little bit different the last time since the last time you were here. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy evening to come talk with me. It is a very, very busy time. I, I'm I'm so glad to be here though because <laughs> I love this show. It's I so it's so that. relaxed. Literally. It's just so relaxed. Yeah, you people typically get really people get really worried about doing things like this. Why? Because well, because you're on record. Oh yeah, you're on record. It's one. It's one thing to sit around and like you know BS with somebody, and but you're on record. It's there. It's there forever. And and what you said, you know. But it's good because it's a good lesson to people that what you say matters. What you say matters. It really does. It matters. And and mm -hmm. and uh, and I say that as someone who's, you know, I've been burned by my own fire. So it's a you. You have been often, <laughs> often talk to my wife. Yes. That's something that's hard to believe. Yeah, often. So, well, uh, I had a guy on just the last episode. I had a guy on that's uh, he was just talking to me before beforehand. He's like, we need to make sure that we're going to be very precise in what we're talking about. And I was just like, well, this is a perfect example of uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. One of the rules is be be precise in your language. Yes. And it's just that re reading. I've read his book a couple of times now, and it's just like trying to put that into my head. But. Sitting there and thinking truly about what you're going to talk about beforehand is yeah. like what you said. Because with my job in public safety, and I can come out here and I can, if I could want to say my own opinion, yeah. I can, but it might not go along well sure. with my superiors, which yeah. uh, was your fun. And and one so of the things I like about this, and I'll, I'll say this right now, I'll justify all of the BS that I'm getting ready to say by saying I am completely unprepared. I whatever whatever we're going to talk about, 
I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> I hope we're going to talk about the upcoming primary election. Yes. But yes, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I have not prepared. Um, so anything that I say is something that's just kind of coming out of my coming out of my ass. So um, <laughs> perfectly fine with that. So if I if I if I'm wrong, if I uh, if if I get some figures or facts wrong, I'm sure the internet will let us know. But uh, if not the internet, whoever you're talking trash about, will uh, whoever, yeah, they'll let me know at least, can, which is fine. Yeah, they can try. I enjoy it's it. I, I actually I like it. Like I, I think everybody knows that about me. I I yeah. enjoy it. I enjoy back and forth. I, I enjoy. I, I I don't mind heat. What I enjoy it. I actually do. Yeah. I th- I think really good things come of it when there are reasonable people, you know, being fiery. I think it, people who are intelligent people. I think, you know, there's something. There, there's takeaways from every conversation there's takeaways yes. from every argument um you know there's if if some some people you know right away there's not going to be and so you just kind of shut that off <laughs> yes you just shut it down yeah so real quick what we'll be doing is for the people that haven't watched the episode that you were in first let's give them or you give them a little brief history about yourself we can keep it under two minutes <laughs> Well, it, can, it can go for say, 20, 30, 40 minutes. I'll make it really quick. So, okay. all right. So my background would be music, motorcycles, tattoos, you know, some sort of, you know, hell raising parts of pop culture, I guess. I don't know. But um, I've been I've been really interested, of course, in politics for a long time and very involved in the uh, world of politics around Indiana and and you know, I study a lot at national or international level as well. But I, I uh, have a lot of interest in politics, and um, I've my my main. I guess my main focus over the last, gosh, I don't know, last ten years, I've really, really been focused on politics because I'm really worried about the world. I love God. God has given us this incredible place, wants us to take care of it, and I think that it's important for. I think all people of faith should understand that God wants us to understand what he's given us in the United States, not just, not just, you know, in, in general as human beings of, of, um, you know, chickens and beef, but as a, as a, uh, as a country, I want, I think God wants us to understand what he's given us. I, I think we owe it to him to, um, to care enough about it, to understand it. And I think, you know, we're in a, we're in a time where people are really, really passionate about things they don't understand. They have very, they have, they have really serious opinions about things they don't understand. And we should, we should understand it. We should understand government. We should understand the United States. We should understand how things work. We should understand the things that control us because God gave us freedom. God gave us freedom. I've had people in my life that will say, Jay, how can you, you know, Christianity, like it's so restrictive, you know, like it's not, it's not, it, we, we, we have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom to follow God. Um, not like other religions where you're going to do this or we're going to kill you, you know, like you have the freedom to follow God. And when we give man that same freedom, liberty, we live in peace. And we prosper. And the more, the further we get away from that, the worse it gets, the worse it gets, the further we get away from freedom and liberty, the further we get away from that, the worse it gets for people. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know when other folks on the left, on the other side are going to realize that like your, your plan 
it sucks. <laughs> it's not good. It doesn't work. It gets worse. So, um, but politics, that's really, you know, that's, that's got my attention. And when you're, you know, when you have a family, when you have a wife, when you have an eight year old child, when you have a puppy, <laughs> when you have these things, you want to protect them. You want to make sure they're going to have a good life. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure my daughter's going to have a great future and that she's going to have, I want her to have the same shot at life that, that we had the same freedoms, the same protections, the same safeties. I want her to have all those things, you know? And I think that if you're, if you, if you really care about your kids, that you're, you will be just as concerned about, uh, knowing what governs them and how legislation works and who's representing you in, 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 in building that legislation. I think, uh, you'll be just as concerned about those things as planning their, their trip to whatever, uh, fun park you're going to go to or what boat you're going to buy or, you know, what kind of house you're going to provide them with, with a basketball court in the, in the driveway. Like you'll be just as concerned about those things because they're more important. They are more important. And we're seeing a lot of that today. So I'm, I'm pretty passionate, you know, about, you know, trying to get people to understand how government works and, and, and it's very complicated it really is. It truly is. I, uh, and I, I learn I learn things about government every day. I learn things about government every day. I've, you know, I've given testimony on the, in, in the, in the chamber, you know, downtown in the general assembly. Uh, I have daily conversations with our representatives around the state and I learn new things about government every day. And I think that it's not asking a lot to ask the people who are the benefit, you know, the beneficiaries of, 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 this amazing society that God has given us, I don't think it's asking a lot to ask them to understand it as well. At least understand some basic principles, concepts of government. Well, that was a wonderful opening monologue. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was fantastic. So let's, let's dive into the house bill that you went and spoke at downtown. Which one? <laughs> okay, the uh, yeah. transgenders in female okay. sports. Yeah. So House Bill ten forty one. Ten forty one. So yeah. what we know, what I know of, is Governor Holcomb shut that down, so where transgender men can compete in women's sports. Uh, for now. So he for for, for now. now. For now. So, but uh, what did you go and do downtown? I just went and gave testimony. I have an eight year old daughter. Um, we, we are a family of music. We're a family of sports. We're a family. I grew up, I don't look so much right now, (laughs) Uh, but I sponsor, (laughs) but I grew up in sports. I grew up around sports. I was very serious about sports. I spent half my life on a skateboard. I'm getting to the age where I can't say that anymore because I now, you know, I'm getting, I'll be 50, I'll be 50 in July. feels weird. feels weird to say I'm going to be 50, but, but I spent my life. I was, I lettered about every you, you know, every, in every season in, in high school, either running, swimming, diving, whatever. Um, I was in a lot of individual sports, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to, and she will undoubtedly, she'll, she'll end up being, you know, pretty serious about sports, I believe. So, um, and it's not just, it's, it's not just when you have kids, you gotta think about everybody else's kids too. It's for, it's for other folks, kids, Michelle Davis authored that bill. Her children are, are beyond that. You know, they've grown, you know, their her kids were involved in sports and, you know, her, her daughter's getting ready to, uh, um, you see, is she graduating from law school or did she just pass the bar? Either way, you know, she, she cares about 
everyone's children. It's not, not just about your children, whether you have children or not. I, I hope everybody loves children. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know that some people don't because we have evil in the world. But, um, you know, but I, I felt compelled to go speak on that bill because uh, it was something that it's common sense. But uh, it, you, you have to make, like I said, God gave us this wonderful nation. He gave us this wonderful world. There are very wonderful things about this world, many wonderful things about this world. And he wants us to protect those things. And he wants us to, he wants us to be a good uh, steward of this, of what he's given us here. And um, I, he, he absolutely wants us to defend children. So, you know, I think that that bill where you have boys who are going to be competing against these girls. Um, well, let's back up and think about what, what, what female athletes go through already, you know, and parents, you know, to, if you're competing at, at the highest levels of any sporting program, you're, you're waking up early in the morning, often go into early morning practices. You know, you're, you're spending the whole day in school. Then you go right back to another practice. And in the wintertime, like when I was swimming and diving in high school, we, we called ourselves the mole patrol because we never saw daylight. We would, we would be in the pool at like, gosh, I don't know, five thirty, six, six 6, 6 a.m. And then we would go to school all day and we'd wow. see daylight out the window, I guess. And then we would see, then we would be back in the pool. And by the time we would get home or get out of, out of practice, it was dark outside. So, and you got parents who are driving these kids around to all these events paying ungodly amounts of money for special camps and things like that about sports. And you, you you're taking, I these... apologize. Oh, that's I'm okay. Yeah. Listen, we, we love dogs. I think we talked <laughs> yeah. about this earlier. Yes. I, I'm going to check on it real quick, but keep talking. I'm listening. I, I love, I love dogs and I don't really like people who don't like dogs. That's, that's pretty much a deciding factor for me. If kids and dogs, if, a, if a, we, we talked about this earlier, but if kids, or dogs come in the room and people don't acknowledge that there's a kid or a dog in the room, there's something wrong with them. Hi. See, there's, there's something wrong with people who don't acknowledge a dog when it comes to the room. It's a dog. Exactly. It's a kid. They're kid, They're going to do something crazy any second. <laughs> How can you not want to see it? You know? Exactly. So like it always, it's always funny. I can always, I, I judge people by that. If a kid or a dog walks in the room, if a kid or a dog walks in the room and you don't acknowledge that kid or dog, I probably got a problem with you, but, um, but you know, back to the, the, the ki kids, yes. um, you know, all these parents and they do, they work so hard for these kids, getting these girls to practices, getting the boys to practices, get, and they work so hard for their kid to become a champion. And they, they spend all this time and we know all the benefits that come with sports too, by the way. So we don't want to discourage kids from being in sports because we know that, I mean, there's been so many studies like talking to like CEOs and successful people and, and they, they can, you know, we, we can, we can cr cross reference, you know, and see that that helped them in their success, you know, and we, they, the CEOs have said that I can't remember the, the figures again. I didn't prepare much for this, but an That's overwhelming, right. this, this huge amount of, of like fortune 500 leaders and like, and, 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 um, all the corp, corp, corporate folks, they, they said that you know, that their, their, uh, their success in sports or, or their participation in sports taught them, um, you know, self-discipline and that it taught them, you know, uh, about, uh, um, you know, t they're using their time properly and, and just all sorts of stuff, but it's, it led to their success. So we don't want to discourage kids from doing that. 
And if you want, one of the things I said in testimony at the state house was if you want to get kids off the track, off the fields, off the courts, out of the pool, if you want to get those girls out of that, tell them that they're going to be cheated out of being a champion. Tell them they're going to be cheated out of the opportunity to be a champion. Just like we saw in the, in, in the NCAA, just like we saw in this, in the swimming competition a couple weeks ago, we saw this, this man, it's a man. I mean, it's a man. I mean, this, this guy could beat my ass, <laughs> but no, this guy's, a, it's a man. And he's just, you know, he's ruining the lives of, of these girls who have worked so hard for so long to be a champion and he's stealing it from them. And we have, believe it or not, legislators who are okay with it, who are okay with it. Thankfully in our state, we had more legislators who are not okay with it. And so they, you know, they, they passed the law. They, they pa- the, the bill passed in the House, passed in the Senate. And now, of course, our governor has, you know, he, he refused to sign it. He's but lame. that's okay. But you know what? That's okay because we have some great legislators who are going to go back and they're going to override his veto and it's going to become law anyway. And our children will be protected. And, and all of the people who voted against it will be on record showing that they do not do what they say. Because I said this during testimony, both sides of the aisle claim to be a champion for women's rights. Well, right then was the time to defend it. There was the time to defend it. If you really are for women's rights right there, there was your chance to defend it. So, um, you know, that was something I went down. I was, I got to speak, um, briefly on the constitutional carry bill, which that was, that was kind of fun. I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't have much time to talk because we were the, the, the Democrats were trying to basically run it into the night and run it out of time, run the clock. They, they, they try every trick in the world to stop things, but it was, that was kind of fun to get to go down and um, defend that piece of legislation that our um, so many people worked so hard on. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I woke up one morning and I went down to the state house and I testified on a bill um, because it's something that's important. And my daughter, I think anybody who knows me knows that my daughter goes with me pretty much everywhere. We're a homeschool family. She goes with me to testify on bills. She's gone to me with to about every political meeting that you could imagine. Um, so if I ever tell you that I can't do something because I can't find somebody to watch my daughter, you pretty much know that I'm just making it up <laughs> because she goes everywhere with me. She's You've told me that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> yeah, no. But she she goes she goes everywhere with me. She's at about every meeting and things that and and she's a good kid. She's a good kid. I mean. She's, she's so patient. She's so patient. She most recently, this weekend we went, I judged a, uh, a speech and debate uh, competition for some homeschoolers. Wow, dude. I, I don't even, I'm blown away at the talent, at the talent. I mean, I just told you that I've been in the state house and testified at the state house. And I've watched many representatives testify at the state house. These 15, 16 year old, 10, 10 year olds are better than most of the people that I've seen testify at the state, including myself. These guys were unbelievable. I couldn't be, it, it really was a testimony to the power and the success of homeschooling. They were, they were unreal. 
just the debates were just all of it. It was, I was blown away. So but, real quick to go back with the link between playing sports and the success, success of businesses, the success of CEOs. The number that I found was it has been suggested that up to 95% of fortune 500 CEOs played college sports. Yeah. So I did see that. And then that's a pretty high level if you're playing in college. Yes. And that was one of the ones that I found. Um, so to talk about the constitutional carry bill. Yeah. So what was it being pushed forward and what is your opinion on it? I'll speak kind of briefly about it because I, I really, the work, I did no work. The guys that did the real hard work on it, the legislators and some people outside of uh, the General Assembly, Guy Relford. I mean, everybody knows Guy Relford, the gun guy. If you don't watch the gun guy show, if you're not watching Guy Relford and you're not paying attention to him, then you just don't love guns. And that's just the bottom line. <laughs> you don't love guns. You don't love the Second Amendment. You don't love your mama if you don't listen to Guy Relford. He, he's just he's a he's a great constitutionalist. He's a great he, he loves firearms and he loves um um he loves to talk about them teach about them he's an instructor and and i i don't know guy real well i mean we've met we've had lunch and and um you know i I, he's he's a great guy and he's outside like i said but he worked so hard on that bill along with a bunch of other people i mean people know the hot names you know they know the jim lucas names they know um uh, ben smaltz they know um, Peggy Mayfield. Peggy Mayfield was just on Guy Relford's show this weekend. A lot of people, you know, may or may not. I'd like to talk about that a whole lot more later. Yeah. But the, um, you know, there were a lot of people who did a lot of work to get that through. This, this is something that's happened over years, and I can't even I can't even speak intelligently about it because I was not involved. I was involved in cheering for it. I was involved in, you know. So what um, are the basics then? Oh, the basics. Um, well. You can carry a firearm and you don't need the permission from the state or anybody else because God has already given you the permission to defend yourself. So, um, you know, for years we had to, you had to go apply for a mm-hmm. permit and you, and you know, we're a, um, uh, 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 what do you say? I, I'm going to mess up some of the language, right. this, but, but basically, you know, we're a state that says that we have to, if, if you apply, we have to give you you know, the, the, the permit. Yeah. And so then you had, you'd have to pay for a permit and it yeah. was either the, the, the four year or the lifetime, Yeah, which here in the recent few years, they got rid of one of those. I can't yeah. remember which one it was. Yes. And we, and, and you, you shouldn't have to pay. No, but let's just talk about the basics of what it is. When you carry a firearm, you're carrying a firearm because you want to be able to defend yourself. And, um, so you, that right, where does it come from? It comes from God. It doesn't. And, and this is one of the things I, I mentioned in testimony was that there were some people on the Democrat side that said, well, you have to, you know, you have to register to vote, you know, so, you know, are you okay with that? Because the right, what they were saying basically is that, well, the right wants us to, you know, show ID and do all these things to vote. Well, vote, voting is a very different thing than, than defending yourself. Voting only exists if you have the United States. Like here's something, here's a way that you get an easy way you can see that rights are are different, are very different than other. There's different kinds of rights. You the, the right to vote only exists because the United States is here. You if, if it weren't here, you would have no right to vote in the United States because there would be no United States. The right to defend yourself is here whether the United States exists or not. The right to defend yourself 
People in Japan have the right to defend themselves. People in the Middle East or wherever you're at in the world, you don't need the United States to have that right that came from God. It came from your creator. It, it, when you look at the Constitution, the Constitution is just basically admitting that you have that right. They're acknowledging that you have the right. You don't have, you don't have the right to carry a firearm because it's in the Constitution. You have the right to carry a, a firearm and it's, and it's in the Constitution. It's not because it's in there. It, they're just, it, the Constitution just acknowledges that you have that right. So that's the difference. And th that's actually was basically my testimony at the State House was that is that. Because people kept coming, bringing up the idea that, well, well, you have to register to vote. Well, vote registering to vote has many, many, you know, there are different uh, implications, different reasons. I mean, you register to vote so you know who you're who's running. So, you know what district you're in. You know, you don't uh, one of the um, I can't think of his name. One of the senators brought up uh, in one of the hearings that, well, you know, should I be able to vote in Kokomo? I live in Morgan. Uh, I live in Morgantown. Should I, should I be able to vote in Kokomo? No. Well, okay. Well, what's going to keep me from doing that? You're going to register to vote. So, and somebody mentioned like, well, registering to vote, you're telling the state what you're going to do, not asking them permission. So, um, and, and there were some arguments back and forth about that too. But I mean, the bottom line is this, it's not, you're, you're not, the world is not a, an unsafe place because, or a safer place because you have to get a permit. It doesn't change anything. There's no criminal sitting around saying, well, I was going to go kill this guy, but since I don't have a permit, you know, it just doesn't happen. It's silly. It's yeah. really silly. I did see some posts on Facebook from some, uh, actually one was from an actual cop and he talked about, oh my goodness, I need to fix this. I apologize. Um, one was from a cop and he goes, I can't believe they passed this bill because now criminals can just carry their guns. And I was yeah. like. Dumbass! Like they were gonna do it anyways. Like, yeah. What sure. is it you're thinking about? They're not just gonna sure. sit there and be like, "Oh man, I don't have my permit, and I don't want to go get it." Yeah. Well, I can't go out and commit a crime. No, they're gonna do it no matter what. Yeah. They're doing it now. They'll do it later. So sure. why impede somebody else on having them to pay seventy five to one hundred and forty, whatever it was, yeah, that amount of money just to let the state know that you're gonna be doing that? It's, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, and also doesn't make any sense to me that law enforcement officers are getting upset about it. I don't understand why that specific law enforcement officer. I don't get why you were upset about it. I think the fact that you think that is the fact that you think that criminals are good guys and they're going to follow the rules. Well, if they're going to follow the rules, they wouldn't be criminals. Sure. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's really no reason. There's no reason that you have to ask permission to do something that God has given you the right to do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's a win for the Constitution. It's a win for American people everywhere. It's a win for Hoosiers. It doesn't stop everything. You know, people are still going to go get permits because because we, we want to be able to uh, have reciprocity in other states. So you're going to need that permit yes. if you're in Tennessee or wherever you're, yeah, wherever you're going. There's an states. app on your phone. Well, not Tennessee, can, I guess, but in, in yeah, some states. There's other states that, like, there's an app on your phone, and I have this yeah. app on my phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's called Concealed. The app is called Conceal Carry Laws by State. And you can click on, you know, let's say Connecticut, yeah. which is obviously you can't have a gun in a lot of places. But it'll tell you where you can and can't have a gun. And then it'll tell you which states that it complies yeah. with. So yeah, it's good to have those apps today. I mean, we have, yes. I mean, I, for years, like, you know, you had to worry about like you're calling friends at gun shops like, hey, I'm going to Kansas. <laughs> what, can, what do I do? How do I how do I do what? You know, and now, you know, you, you do have that app. And it's nice, too, because. 
you know, it, look, cops have a big job to do. They have so much that they have to know, that they have to be trained on. And they, I don't expect a police officer to know every single code, every single no. law. But you know what? Most of them do. Most of them do. But I don't expect it. But it is nice because, I mean, I've seen, you know, of course you always see the videos on YouTube where you have like somebody trying to like, they're trying to like trick trick law enforcement or something into like asking them some obscure question about something deep. They, they've and, got and it's a typical, police officer. You're not asking, yeah. you're not asking a federal judge. You're asking yeah. someone who's trying to keep you safe in your neighborhood. Nimrod. Typically what they're and asking. It drives me the, crazy when I see the those travelers. Things. Like I know I'm a traveler, so I don't need to have a license. Yeah. And then my brother's had that happen to him. He's like, well, I'm somebody, he pulled somebody over. He's like, license registration. They're like, I don't have a license. He goes, why don't you have a license? And he's like, well, I'm a tra- I'm traveling. I'm yeah, not and it drives driving. me crazy. You know it's why? Like, why are you going to be so stupid? Give me your license, like. And then he had to call his superior, and his superior came in, and yeah. he just let him deal with it. Well, it 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 hurts the whole cons. You know, mm-hmm. you're not trying. I mean, it, it, let's jump right into that. Okay. The people who it hurts people who are seriously concerned about preserving the Constitution, and who really want the freedom that that we that I had when I was a child, and that people had before me. If we're going to preserve that, you know. We can't, it has to be a serious thing. It can't be some game. And it's a game to a lot of people. Over the last handful of years, we have just a whole new group of people. Look, I've been a strong right-wing nut job for a long time. You know, I am the (laughs) right-wing extremist that people talk about. Well, you're not an extremist. But now, no. You're not an extremist. but 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 when people say that, when people think that, you know, I was the guy that they were really kind of talking about. Well, now we have a whole new crew of people who have come in because it's like some popular trend to say, you know, I'm a constitutional conservative. Like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about that. What, what does that mean? Because most of the people who are saying it, number one, they have no idea what the constitution says. They don't carry a constitution. They've never read the constitution. They know all the buzz phrases and they have the t-shirts and stuff like that. You know, I've got and, the constitution sitting right in there. Actually. Yeah. I yeah. stole it. Yeah. And <laughs> no, so, I, I, paid, I paid for it. I was at the white house. Yeah. I did not Nicholas cage it from national oh, nice. treasure. Yeah, no, nice. yeah. no, we were out there in DC. It's from the white house. It's from, yeah, it's it, technically the building was the white house, but wow. it was the Roosevelt building, which is right next to it, which is considered well, the white house. Well, a lot of well. people, a lot of people do carry the constitution. They just don't read it. It's, it's right yeah. here. Oh yeah. I you try, can also get it. I try to tell all too. the people who hate me about like, beating up the libraries like i'm always i'm always talking bad about libraries but but right here's your library but here's your constitution and you have it right here and read it understand it know it not just the not just the cool parts that all your friends want to talk about at the gym or whatever no no the constitution understand it understand what gives where this where the rights come from how how states rights fit into you know um the 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 how they fit together with the with federal law how how things work and if you don't you're just you're not serious you're not serious about defending the constitution if you don't know the constitution so we have a whole new group of people and honestly they're kind of nut jobs and there's a there's some groups and i'm not even kidding when i say it they're like a cult they're like a cult they're worse they're in many cases like some of the ways they they attack each other and eat each other they're worse than the left they really? are oh far more vicious than the left, and and they and it's not because they want to well, like are we talking physical violence? 
Oh, yeah, in some cases, I think so. For what groups are these? I think so in some cases. I think I've not some, heard of any of them. Eh, some of them are little... I, I, I don't know that I should say that. <laughs> but, I, but I will say this. Locally, we have groups, and I wouldn't say that it's physical, but there is definitely well, some I weird know toxic... That there's, there's, there's people that are in the... Uh, I, they're not called the Klan now, but it's called... Those people that are just like the racist, and they're just a small minority. Oh yeah, of people. and they show and, up, and and some of those people aren't even really racist. They're people from the left who come over and pretend to be racist. <laughs> yes, okay. so they make your they make your there they have make, been they those make your, cases. your conservative group or your conservative Correct. event Correct. appear to be, you know, Correct. racist. And there have been some of those cases that it came out and was proven that there were people that were considered operatives from the left that were at right from the federal government and the federal. <laughs> See, I know. And I had a guy, I had a guy on yesterday and I'll post it, yeah. you know, probably tomorrow, but I had him on. I tell him I'm, I'm kinda, excited. To I like it. conspiracy kind of stuff. And uh, he does not, he is not into it. He does not believe it. And so, cause obviously <laughs> he's pipe, he's partisan for, yeah. you know, he just doesn't have sure. an opinion on a lot of yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, some of it's fact that we just can't deny. Correct. That we, we already know. Like, Correct. Yeah, some, some of it. Correct. So yeah. there are things that that I understand that there are extremists on both sides. However, however, there are way many more extremists on the left now than there is on the right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By far. And you could see it. Everywhere, and they're very, and very popular. We're not talking popular. about some, yeah. We're not like on the right. We're not talking about some like hillbillies who live like in some you know corner of a of a mountainside. Or no, something. we're not talking about. Some we're idiots talking that on the racist. left. We're talking about on the people left. Who, we're talking about multi million dollar correct. Hollywood stars. Like it's yeah. We're not talking about like we're uneducated just, people who are you know have been left to themselves in some holler in wherever. Correct. You know, we're talking about people. The left's extremists and, and and organizations as well. Oh, sure. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did, did you oh, see the whole it, Disney thing? Uh, I'm sick to my stomach. You know okay, why? I'm a big fan of Disney. Uh, me too. But my sister, she texted me and she goes, with the most recent controversy about Disney, and my si- I love my sister to death, with the most recent, recent controversy with Disney, me and the kids are going to take us off of your Disney account. And it was like, it kind of hurt a second because I was just like, man, like I pay for Disney for the whole family. But it's like, I get it. And I understand. Yeah. And I'm debating on like, okay, do I get rid of Disney too? And it's we not because it. I'm trying to follow suit with the, my sister, but it's just like, I don't want to support a company like that because they're trying to do, the, they're trying to fight against the the bill for Governor DeSantis in Florida. Sure. The, the, the don't say gay bill, which it says yeah. nothing like that in the bill. If you re- actually yeah. read the bill, it does not say anything like that at all. Sure. It just protects kids from kindergarten to third grade for teachers to, to talk with, to not talk with them about sexual identity or gender, like yeah. the switching genders. That's all it is. It's protecting children. If you read it, yeah. any person with common sense would be like, that is true. That should be, that. yes, they should not be doing that. But the people on the far left, people on the left, major news medias and woke corporations sure. are pushing it. And they're wanting kids to do that. They're wanting yeah. to sexualize children, which Absolutely. is really weird. Yeah, they're forcing it. it. It's not really weird. It's, it's no longer saying that it's, that, it's okay, that it's okay. It's that it's okay and you're going to do it. Yes. And you're going to accept it. You're going to be a part of it. And if you don't, then you're hateful and you're mean and you're a bigot and you're all these things. But it, oh yeah, this has hit home for us big time, big time. We, 
I'm the I'm the father of an eight year old girl. Yeah. With a family who has Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Who had to have the conversation this morning. Ugh. And it's tough. And we started planning our Disney trip about two months ago. So she'll be nine in August. And we thought, you know what? For ten, it'll be a good tenth birthday. We're gonna we're gonna head down to Disney World. I spent a lot of time with Disney World when I was a kid. I was, um, my grandmother worked there actually. So, really? so we could, we got free tickets. We had no free food. So I was really hungry and hot when I was there. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, but I loved Epcot. I loved, uh, a lot of the, there was, I mean, I'm an artist. I was, I grew up really attracted to art and engineering and things like that. And so going to Disney, it was such a, uh, it was such an amazing thing to me. It wasn't, it wasn't that I like watched the shows and then, oh my gosh, there's Jiminy Cricket dressed up walking down. It was looking at the the like the carousel of progress and looking at all these different crazy engineering of that of that mm-hmm. place and being blown away by it. I was I was just it was it was so amazing. But we we went to Disneyland a few years ago. Some friends of ours out there, they had like some special person who worked there and they really hooked Maya up and they got her like you know a little Minnie Mouse dress and outfit. So she got to go in there with the white gloves and That's cool. and and really she got the, the the real red carpet treatment, which was pretty really cool. But Disneyland is, I mean, let's be honest, Disneyland is compared to Disney World. Really? So we've been really super excited to go to Disney World, and um, and the. And Disney World's the one in Florida, right? Yes. And okay. it's it's big. It's just that's really the, big. That's the original. Oh, right? And I shouldn't say on Disneyland because Disneyland is pretty dang awesome. I mean, all the stuff that's there and all the and and the shows and the talent and the all that, you know. I mean, when you have kids, they're 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 sort of holding you hostage. So we've been planning for the last couple of months, like, okay, next year on the 10th birthday, we're gonna do this Disney trip. It's gonna be great. We started figuring out like what the cost was. Ooh, I don't know how big families do this. I have no idea how they do it. We have one child and we're looking at it and I'm like, like, it, I mean, my heart like started beating weird and stuff. It's like, I'm thinking about all the motorcycle stuff I could do <laughs> and guitars I could buy, but we're going to go to Disney, Disney world. But I was excited. We've been watching pretty much constantly the last like two months, really the last month, pretty hardcore. My daughter is, we watch on YouTube all of these parents who are telling us about their experience and how to go and how to save some money and, you know, which, you know, places are, are worth the extra money, which are not. And so it's been like going on for about a month. And so now we're having this conversation with my daughter who I love, who I will kill for, who I want to be happy, who is a great kid and, and she deserves this reward. She does. And now I have to tell her, I'm sorry, but we can't do it. And here's why. And, you know, she's eight. So it's, it's, it's a difficult conversation because of the, because some of the, well, the topic is tough, but my daughter was at the state house for built house bill 1041. She was there when I testified, she was standing right next to me. And I wanted her to be there because I wanted people to see this. I want you, you know, I don't like it when people drag kids into politics and stand them on a stage. It's all fake. This isn't fake. This is real. This is, this is really happening to these little girls. This is really happening to these kids. This is a real fear that people have to worry about now. And so it's a conversation I have to have with her. You know, we're talking about canceling your shows that you like, that many of them are just completely 
innocent. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's sad because it's such a great part of our American culture. The trip to Disney world. I'm going to Disney world. I mm-hmm. mean, it's such a great part of our American culture. And now we have people who are in control of it, who have, and they're holding it hostage and they know it. They don't, these are not the people who would, I find it very difficult to believe that anybody running Disney today would have actually liked Walt Disney and would have actually gotten along with this guy, you know, understanding some of his ideas and how he thought about the world. These, these people have bought it and they're holding it hostage because they know it's something so special to our kids and they just want to see whether or not we're going to do what's right. Are we going to put a price on our integrity? Are we going to put a price on our convenience for our kids? Are we going to continue to pay and let them take that money that we give them and go use it another way? I explained to my daughter this morning, I said, so we pay for this. And if we go to the park and we, and we do this, she's been part of our, she, we let her in on more financial conversations than most people probably do with their kids. I don't know if that's healthy or unhealthy or what. I'll let, let the internet figure that out, but <laughs> I feel like it's just the right amount to be honest. But so she knows that we're going to give a big chunk of money to this place and they're going to take it and they're going to use that power to influence things like, you know, this, this, these crazy things. And so she's like, so what are they going to use the money for? Like, how do they do that? And I said, I told her, I said, okay, you know, when we went down and we testified in the state house about the bill that was protecting female athletes, you know, all the crazy people who were there who were screaming and wearing all their weird clothes and makeup and masks and all this stuff. Many of those people are paid to be there. Like, believe it or not, like they're getting a paycheck to be there. That's where your money's going to go. It's going to be to the people who are trying to stop you from doing the things that you know, God wants you to do. So it's, it's quite a conundrum and, and it, it is very, very personal to us right now. It's tough. It's, it's hard. It's hard. I, I'd love to be the guy who sits here and says, Nope, I'm Jay. I'm the right wing King. And I'm we're down with that. We're trashing that. You look at my eight year old daughter who does everything right. Who works her butt off on her education, on her school, on her piano, on going out in the yard and picking up sticks or moving dirt or whatever it is that she has to do. It is very tough to look at her and say, I know how bad you want to do this, but we can't do it because some adults who are evil are ruining that for you. It's tough, man. It really is. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. It really is hard, but I, but I will say this, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to follow God sometimes. It is. I mean, it is, it, it, I, um, you know, we live in a world with temptation. It's hard. It is. It is really hard to make that decision because I'm still struggling to make that decision because I can't tell you how many times I watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I watch mm-hmm. Star Wars. I watch just all the the Marvel movies on there because I'm a huge fan of Marvel. I'm just a huge fan. They've recently ruined it with yeah. the Marvel series, and they've movies in general are getting ruined by social justice warriors yeah. and just the left's just politics. In, in well, they're eliminating everything. They're God, eliminating stuff. I, I told my it. I told my wife the other night. I said, you know what? We should start buying all these CDs and DVDs off of eBay of all these old shows and all these old collections. We should be buying those because it won't be long before eBay says, you know what? We're not going to allow you to sell your old DVDs of The Office on eBay because they're 
bigoted or they're whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't make the office. Today. Well, you can go back and look. So, like on uh, Star Wars, I was watching Star Wars and it was on Disney. I was watching. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. One of the first three. So you know, technically four, five, and six, but one, two, and three. I was watching one of those, and I was like, "This part is new in the movie." I'm like, "This is new," and it was back in the seventies. It was made, and the animation in it was like fantastic. And I was like, "Why would they?" So I, I was kept watching the movie. Another part comes up. The same thing happened again. A completely different scene was added into the film. Wow. And I was like, why would they add scenes into a movie that was already amazing? And then I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe they took scenes out. Then I got to looking. They've been taking and moving scenes out of Disney movies. Out of a whole genre of older Disney films. Mm. The the Siamese cat thing, like in one of the Disney movies, they took those Siamese. Like, we are Siamese, if you please. That They yeah. took that out. Because they didn't want to be culturally offensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw, I ran across on YouTube, uh, one of the episodes of Gilligan's Island has the uh, has the Japanese soldier that shows up in the submarine. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that or the, you, you, whatever it was. I saw reruns. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's very funny. And, you know, I don't feel a tiny bit racist because it's funny. It's hilarious. It's really funny. It's a, it's a, it's a funny skit. And, you know, I don't, I don't. I'm not offended when people say crazy things about hillbillies and I am certainly a hillbilly. Oh yeah. And I don't it I don't know we, we could get real deep in the weeds on that but like we're changing so much in society, you know, in in a matter of no time. And there are people somewhere that say this is the greatest thing we've ever done. The greatest thing we ever have ever done is eliminate, you know, tons of um you know, I don't our history. It, it's it's silly from the statues to the whatever it's it's really as as if those statues were like out beating people up and stuff. I mean, it, I don't even know what. The, well, even Trump I, I, was talking about. He said, "You guys are going to be taken down. What's next?" Because they took down uh, General sure, Lee. Sure. And why are you wearing red? Me. Why is your head shaved? What are oh, you doing? What are you hiding? I look, are you a Nazi? What you what? I look like a Nazi, yeah, but I'm not. I, it's I am, everyone. I'm not a Nazi, folks. Okay, I'm <laughs> hey, not a Nazi. Really but, good, really <laughs> thank good. Thank you. Man. I've been working on it. I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, that's, you haven't heard it. No, no that's, I, that is, I'm debating on doing an interview pretending to be Trump. Like, yeah. like I just sit here and I script everything out, and then I dress up as completely as Trump, and I wear a suit with a hat or the hair, and I get like a spray tan on my face because Joe's got the spray tan stuff. I think and you need to. You need I to do think it. that would be hilarious. Joe Hubbard has spray tan stuff. Well, Weird. he used to, but it was for his wife. I think. <laughs> no, I know he had the. Him. No, he had the setup, man. Yeah, he, he had, had the, the whole setup because he used to spray tan me a long time yeah. ago. Because I, I was always terrified of like uh, like getting cancer and stuff. Yeah. So Joe Hubbard, I'll take Joe Hubbard is the real deal conservative. Yes, if that dude can save a dollar. He's saving a dollar. Oh and, and he's gosh, got. And, and I'll say this, and I'm, I don't. I don't know about Joe's, you know, his financial situation, but I know Joe has plenty of money. <laughs> Joe isn't worried about, you know, getting a can of ravioli. Joe's got plenty of money, and but that dude, he knows how to save money. Yes, he knows how to do it right. And if if um, when when Joe starts looking around at some political seats and says he's a conservative, you had better bet your butt that he is going to find waste. He is going to, well, that's a whole other episode, but I'll just say that dude is a real conservative. That guy knows how to, I learned a lot since when I, when I met Joe Hubbard, I learned a lot about conservation and about, um, 
you know, it's funny because you hear things, you know, I, I come from pretty poor background and you always used to hear this statement all the time. It's like, well, rich people didn't get rich by spending all their money or blowing their money, you know? And like Joe is testimony to that. Joe's proof of that. Mm -hmm. He's, he, he knows how to save money and he knows how to, he knows how to get really good things and really great things and do really great stuff by hustling and thinking it through and slowing down the thought process down to where not slowing down the thought process, but slowing down the, 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 the action and really thinking something through and getting a great product. And he knows how to do it. It's pretty impressive. You know, that is something that is pretty true because there have been times where, because obviously we both are friends with Joe. We both know. Yeah. Yeah. And there have been times where I'd be hanging out with him and he's working on a bike project at his house because yeah. he's going to flip a bike and he's just going to yeah. sell it make some extra money and he's running to the north side of indianapolis to get parts powder coated mm-hmm. there's plenty of powder coaters around here he said well my guy's the cheapest and it's so cheap enough to where i could save money and he's just you know we do deals for each other and, and, and i guarantee you on the way to the north side he stopped at 10 other places for 10 different projects and 10 different yes. things and it was not a waste of his time he knew he had to go or what yes everything it and was, you know what he does i'll tell you what he does i don't do it I wish I, I always say I'm going to start doing it and I never have every morning. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll share something with you. I lived with Joe Hubbard. I lived with him at one point when, when, uh, when I moved back from Nashville, Tennessee and we were looking for a house and we didn't want to wait. We wanted to come back because I, it would have saved us a bunch of money. Joe said, Hey, move into my basement until you find the house moved into Joe's basement. Every morning we'd wake up and drink coffee and Joe would sit there with a notepad and he would hand write a list of his to do every day. And he would have that list. And sometimes some of the things on that would transfer to the next day, but he'd make that list. He was so, he was so good with that list. He'd go right down that. Boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And, um, it was pretty interesting. That list. I don't know if Joe Hubbard could survive without a pen and a piece of little notepad and his little list. I don't, I'd like to see what he would do for about a month without that. He would, I wonder if he would just be as chaotic as me. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, he I was riding with him and we stopped at three other places that he, things that he was doing on yeah. just the side. And yeah. one of them was one of his businesses that he was stopping by to do something for. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, how are you able to just sit there and just think about it? Like, like plan out what you need to do. And he's like, yeah. he's like it just comes naturally. You, it's, once you start doing it, yeah. you just start to think of other ways of how to save money and make money in different yeah. ways. It does. And you don't see that in government. And that's one of the things that you drives don't. me crazy is that people only know one way yes. in government. And that is write a big check, spend a big check, spend this big amount of money, throw a ton of money at it. You do not see enough of Joe Hubbard in government. And that's well, what I would like to see. I'd like to see more people who have that small business experience. But it's not just small. I see small businesses open and close all the time. They fail all the time. Some that are really good for a long time. Some people trash too. But there's, there, you're right. There's something special about Joe that he can think his way through that weird maze each day and end up a winner at the end of the day. I don't know how many projects I've seen him buy. He sends me a picture of something. And I'm like, Joe, that is a major loser. You are going to lose your ass on it, whatever it is, whether it's a house or like, I think he got a 66 Lincoln one time, like, like, yeah, like the suicide doors that what JFK was killed in. He sends me a picture of this car and I'm like that number one, I know that that car has more wiring than like a 747. That car's, I've heard so many horror stories about those cars. You know, I've been in the motorsports industry like most of my life. And I've heard horror stories about this car. Joe sends me this picture. He goes, I bought this car. It was sitting in the mud or something like that. And I'm like, it belonged in the mud, buddy. You leave that thing in the mud. But you know what? 
He brought the car home. And I mean, in a matter of days, he had like, he had disc brakes and some cool wheels on it and some kind of like suspension on it. Thing was running properly and he made a killing on it. And he does it again and again yes. and again on every he did it with the project. Hummer, the Humvee that he bought. Yes. I he completely, he was, I, when I found out he I was buying he was a crazy. Humvee. When I told him, he goes, he's like, I'm going to buy Humvee. And I'm like, why? And he goes, well, it'd be kind of cool. And I'm like, what are you going to do with it? He said, tear it apart and paint it and put it back together again, make it look cool and sell it. And I'm like, you're not going to keep it? And he goes like, nah, probably not. So he, I, Joe Hubbard is not going to keep anything. No, he's kept a couple motorcycles right now longer than I ever thought he would. But he's He's got like five bikes right now, five or six motorcycles that he he has kept now for about two years. And it's really awkward to keep keep seeing those. And that Bel Air that he's got, he's kept it for a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's, kept that longer than he kept his his other cars. Maybe he's getting old, man. I don't know. Maybe he's getting old. Maybe he's he's getting attached to things. Ooh, wow. I think, I think that Bel Air he'll keep for a while. It's a beautiful car. I hope he keeps it for a while. If he, he hears this, he's probably going to sell it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He told I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should say it. But I can't say it because it's nothing too bad. He goes, I said, why don't you buy, you know, like that kind of car? And I just pointed to a really cool car. And he's like, everybody's got that. It was a Corvette. It was a Corvette. I'm like, why don't you buy a, Cor- like a Corvette like that? He goes, everybody's got a Corvette. He was yeah. once I he was I had my R eight and he was like saw another guy with an R eight I didn't really want it no more I'm like oh yeah and that's the thing it makes kind of sense yeah uh, Joe Joe is Joe is definitely is, when it he comes wants to the his, weird things when it comes to his toys he is a man of exclusivity he wants yes. to be the guy who has that thing whatever it is I have honestly in my life I've kind of I think I've lucked out being that guy that has some rare things you know like it just. I happen to be in that industry or whatever, and there's yeah. rare rare things. In well, the, don't you in, have like some world. rare 1947 Harley Davidson knucklehead? I've got a 48, 48. flathead right now, okay. but I've had a, I've had a lot of different bikes. I've had knuckleheads yeah. and whatever. That's my world, yeah. So I've had a lot of very very rare well, motorcycles. But what have what has been some of the coolest bikes that you've worked on? Coolest that I've worked on, yeah. Um. Gosh, this past week I worked on a really cool bike. Um, it's a 1942 um, Bonneville bike. It's a, it's a knucklehead. Harley okay. Davidson knucklehead, 1942. It was modified for Bonneville to race at Salt Flats. That's and, cool. Uh, the whole, all the body work was all aluminum. So I had to make it all from scratch and sort of reproduce a look from that period. And I built it all the the hard way, the old way, not with big giant hammers and equipment, like all by hand and hand dollies and hand tools. And it's pretty neat. I haven't really, I shared a couple little pictures here and there, but not, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll put that on my social media. Some, um, there's a, a buddy of mine down in, in uh, Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee, Mike Silvio, and he's building the motorcycle and I did all the, the mm-hmm. aluminum fabrication for it. And he's just a great, uh, horsepower builder in those old engines and stuff. So are you allowed to talk about whose bike you built a couple years ago? I rarely am. I rarely am allowed to talk about those things, but I, <laughs> no, not really. Okay. But I, then I, I've, 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 I've built a lot of special bikes for people that, yeah. And they're in stars, superstar, Hollywood people, rock and roll people, whatever. That is cool. yeah, I've gotten to work with some neat people. Um, some people who I don't even know. I mean, I know who they are, but mm-hmm. like we don't communicate we, I communicate with some builder and I'm typically doing the sheet metal or some of the aging of parts and some of the rest. How do you do the stuff. aging of parts? If I told you, I have to kill you. 
No, it's a um, man. There's a lot. Is it, it if it's a secret? If it's a secret, you don't want to share. Not, don't it's share. Not, I've actually talked about writing. I talked about writing a, a short book, an instructional book, and maybe doing an, a, an instructional video for YouTube. Just because I've seen people hurt a lot of things and like not do a very good job, I feel like I could probably help some people. I'm didn't not the you only. Help, didn't you help Joe with his bike? I helped Aging Joe with it. one of his bikes. Yes, the, the red knucklehead that yes. he's got. Yeah, that looked amazing. The oh, that aging was a, on that, and that's a quick job. Because he <laughs> he told me he goes, he said, uh, he's like, no, when I got it, it looked brand new. Yeah, and then he's like, Jay helped me, you know, do the aging process on it, and I was like, is this all original? And he's like, I don't know. I no, mean, Joe, he wanted Joe wanted an old bike, but he didn't want it. Joe is not Joe's quite mechanical. Joe's quite mechanical. He didn't want to work on a bike. He didn't want to have to get to know. There, that's a lot of work to mm-hmm. to ride a 30s, 40s motorcycles, earlier motorcycles. You have to have some mechanical skills because yes, and, and everybody it's, who and people think well, they're old and they break down and they're they're they're, they're junky now. They were that way when they were bought brand new in 1936 when you went and bought a knucklehead. You needed to know how to change a head gasket or to set valves and things like that. You had to know, and everybody did know how to do that because, well, we were a better society, but everybody did know. So Joe wanted a bike that he didn't have to work on. He didn't want to have to be on the side of the road, dialing stuff in, things like that. He wanted a bike that was just mechanically sound, but he really wanted something old. And so I found a bike that was basically, it had some modern upgrades to it and it was a brand new shiny bike. And then we just made it look very, very old. Yeah. And it looks yeah. impressive. I mean, yeah. it is. He's let me ride it a few times. Yeah. And oh, it's fun. It's fun to oh take out. Yeah. Gosh, nobody knows. It is you look so at much it and fun. It's, People just sit yeah. there and just stare at you ride by. Yeah. And the brakes don't work <laughs> at all. And well, they work. Was, they work as good as oh, the old ones. And that's exactly. One of the, yeah. That's so one of the I'm, problems of riding a 1948. It's completely different. Like yeah. completely different. Because I went to go apply the brakes. Yeah. And they weren't stopping like a normal bike does. Well, in 1947 and 1938, close. you're riding those motorcycles out with cars whose brakes worked the same. So yes. you didn't have cars that were like, you know, you're toting along in front and they're in your, you know, you they're doing the same thing you're trying to do is like. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, today's different. So when you're riding 1948 today and you're behind, a, I don't know, a Honda Accord or Civic or do they still make those? Honda Civics? Yeah, of course they do. Whatever they, actually, they are. They're yeah. coming out with, I think, a new one. Oh, Pretty really? Awesome, actually. Yeah. Well, they the Honda Accords are great cars. Yeah. Oh, they're all, all they're Honda. Fantastic. My brother's Honda's got one, and it's a fantastic car. I love it. He's you got the sport. You can't beat Honda. You just can't no. compete with them, which is why they shouldn't be in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> we should just be better, and we, we should we should be building we should be building things we that are should. equally well, Okay, great. so what do, you think, what do you think of Tesla? What do you think of Tesla cars? They're all made in the U.S.? Um, well, I have a company. very close friend who actually works for uh, directly for Elon. Yeah. No. No, I swear. No way. I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to say what he does for him. But no, he works directly for him every We're gonna have day. to talk about this afterwards. Every day. I am a huge fan of Elon. Well, you saw what he did today. Yes. He bought nine percent, nine point eight, or nine percent of yeah. Tesla, or Le- sorry, Twitter. Twitter. Leading, leading he's, shareholder. He's the leading shareholder. So he either he either just got himself some press or he. Or he intends to do something with this. Yes. Because it is, some people might say that's a tool, and some people might say it's a weapon. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's not going to do anything with it. Maybe he's just going to sit there. Maybe he just wanted to show people that what he can do. But I I know people, see, again, we go back to like the crazy cult right-wing people, which that's really what I want to talk about. But you talk about, they'll say, oh, he's, he's ripped off the government. He's done this. He's done that. You know who I blame? 
I blame the government. <laughs> I don't blame the people who are doing well. It's like Donald Trump said about China. It's like, I don't blame China. I don't blame, I blame China. I okay. blame, yeah, yeah. I blame the people who let them rip us off. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame China. Why wouldn't you? If I were China, I would be ripping us off if I could. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I'd be, and I don't, they don't think about it as ripping us off. They think about it as taking advantage of some idiots. Mm-hmm. So let's not be idiots. Let's, let's, let's hire people. And when we elect people, we hire them. Let's, let's elect people to do, you know, to protect us, to do the things they're supposed to do. And, you know, I did, it, that goes back to what I said before. People need to understand government. They need to understand how things work. And if you don't, you're you're foolish because government is what rules you. It rules your children. It's going to rule your children for the rest of their lives after you're dead and gone. And you should care about it. You should care enough about it to try to understand it. We know that everybody, you know, I don't know, my age watched and even young people today have probably YouTube that are seeing some clip of it, of the, I'm just a bill, you know, and they, they know that. They know the tune. Uh, you probably know the whole tune. But they, Not they know the whole the, tune. The, a, a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they know the tune, but they don't really know. They really don't know why they people. They were trying to. They were trying to educate kids on how how it worked. You know, you get a you get a piece of legislation that one of a legislator creates, writes, authors sits down with some attorneys today, sometimes a lot, and they come up with this piece of legislation, and it starts in you know the House or the Senate. You know, a lot of people don't even know what what those things are. The House. There's a hundred in, in the state. Let's let's just talk about the Indiana state. So you got a hundred people in the house. You got fifty people over in the Senate. You've got seventy-one of the people in the house are Republican, and the rest are bad. The <laughs> and, then the, bad. and then Democrat. the and then the, and then the Senate. You got the Senate, and we've got uh, what we got thirty-nine and eleven, and and so uh, a bill, you know, is written. In the House or the Senate, and then it, it, and then in the House, you have a legislator who takes it, files it, you know, goes to the committee, and then the chair of the committee decides, are we going to have a hearing on this bill, and and then um, you know the the committee votes, and it could be voted out of the committee, so they can say, okay, let's take Michelle's bill for instance, you know, it's it goes in, it gets voted on, and it, they say, okay, we're going to give this bill a hearing, and then people show up and testify, and they you know they say, hey, we. Um, you know, I went and testified. Some people on the left went and testified. The news carried it, whatever. And um, and the committee passed it. You know, a small number, you know, seven people, whatever. They, they pass it and, and it comes out of committee. And then it has to get a full vote. And the 100 people vote on it. All 100 of the House votes on it. But it has to go through that process first. So the chair has to decide that it's going to get a hearing. And people are always like, well, they denied my bill because they don't want to hear it. There are thousands thousands of bills think of all the people think of all the like hot topics they think of like firearms you know second amendment babies they think of all these the hot topics that we always talk about people don't real quick pull that mic down it's kind of covering the camera oh there we go okay better okay so they 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 listen to those things but they don't consider the fact that there's bills about agriculture wetlands railroads you know state police what, what, what there's so many Things that are happening, so many bills, so many, you know, special interests. So, you know, um, a, the chairman has to have some sort of regulation to that. You can't just every bill that come, you know. So, and session short, it, it, it's it's part time gig. They're not they're not there all year. 
So anyway, they decide which one's in and then it comes out, it goes onto the floor, it gets a full vote. And if it passes, it goes over to the Senate or it can go the other way. It can start over in the Senate and come over to the house. And, and oftentimes, so what you have to do is if you want that chairman to like give your bill a hearing, you need to go get a lot of support for it. So let's say that, you know, Michelle had to take her bill and go get a bunch of people in the house to say, Hey, will you support my bill? Yeah, I'll support your bill. Here's what it says. Here's what it does. Here's the issue. And everybody, of course, on that bill is like, yeah, we're, we're all good for that. Cause we need to stop men from competing against our girls in sports. So, and then you go over to Senate and you try to see if you've got enough traction in the Senate, you know, to support it. And then, you know, I, I assume I'm, I'm, I've never been a legislator, so I don't, this is what I see. And so the chair will have to, if there's enough support for it, say, Hey, okay, we ought to give this, a, we ought to give this a hearing. So then it gets a hearing. So, and then after it goes through that whole process in the house then it goes over to the Senate and then they go through the whole thing in the Senate again, it goes to committee, it goes out to the, you know, if it passes, it goes out the floor, it gets voted on. And then once it voted, it goes to the governor. And then once the governor gets it, the governor can sign it into law and then it becomes law. So if you have a bill and you write it, let's say that, you know, you want to write a bill about, um, whatever, let's just stick with Michelle's bill. You, she gets the, gets the support for it. You have to be talented enough as a human being to go get people on your side and build a team. Team building is huge down there. That's why I think a lot of people who are in government are also, I bet you if we did the same test as we did with the fortune 500 companies or the CEOs with sports, I'll bet you people in government, I bet a lot of folks in government played sports. He's, he's on it folks. He's on it. He's already looking. So, uh, um, so team building is so important down there. If you walk into government, you walk into the general assembly and you say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I am not going to work with this group or these people I'm not doing. I'm it's my way or the highway. If that's what your attitude is, you will be a failure. You will fail miserably. I don't care if we agree on policy, if I want all the things you want, if you're telling me that you're not going to, you're going to go to the state house and you're not going to work with people and you're not going to team build, you're never getting my support. I supported some people. I, I'm saying this from a person who learned a lesson. I supported people who said, I will not break. I will be zero tolerant. I will be I'm, it's my way or the highway. We're going to pass this legislation and I will not work on legislation of any kind with anyone else until I get what I want. And go real ahead. quick on that. What I'm not think? seeing any statistics on it. <clears throat> I bet there I is some, there's gotta be something. I but, would like to know. Yeah. I, but I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. It's usually yeah. about, uh, actors who were sports stars, uh, sports and exercise yeah. spotlight on statistics, the U S huh. Bureau, but it doesn't show anything of, I'm like, going to ask some of the legislators that I talked to. I'm going to ask some of them to, to tell me what they think it is. Cause they, you know, they all talk, they all hang yeah, out. Obviously. They're in, they're in this fraternity. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It is really cool. And that's why some, some of them don't want to leave because it's a pretty cool fraternity. Some of them don't want to leave because they're working hard on issues that they don't want to fraternity they don't is give Illuminati. up. <laughs> Illuminati. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so they get down there and they, you have to team build. Fortunately for this area that we live in, um, I'm in Morgan County now. So there's mm -hmm. Johnson County, Morgan County, this area. I will say this about the, the house representatives here. They are golden. 
They are a great team. John Young, Representative John Young, Representative Michelle Davis, Representative Peggy Mayfield. We got a new one coming up in the new district, Craig Haggard. He'll be great. He's already team building with them. Um, those guys have a team. And I've met some of their other team members from around the state. Um, I know Michelle's close with uh, Joanna King. Um, and I don't want to speak for these people. You know, they, they have their they have their websites and their pages and their whatever you can follow them. And, um, you know, um, Jim Lucas, uh, there's, there's a good group of people who work really hard on things that are very conservative things. And what I tell people all the time, I think we've got, we've got 71 seats in the house. And this is my opinion. This is this, none of this. I'm not speaking for them. I don't know what they think. My opinion of what I see in the state house and what I hear and looking at the representatives across the state I bet we have, I would say, 30 tops that I really enjoy. 30. I think out of 71, I think 30 are really strong people who really follow our Republican platform. They are small government, big freedom, you know, those folks. And I think it's pretty easy to see if you watch the way they, what they vote, what they support, and how hard they work on certain bills. And... You have to consider that. You can't not just consider your one representative because one representative can do nothing. I, I, I hear people all the time like, I'm going to go do this, and they're not doing that. We have two representatives right now in the House. I agree with them on just about everything they would like to see happen or what they say they would like to see happen policy-wise. You know, they're against abortion. They're, they're for, you know, the Second Amendment. They're, all the things that they say, those are real easy things to say. It's like I, I tell my daughter, you know, all the time, like saying, I love you. Those are just words. Those are words. Loving somebody, you can see it. You do it. You, you show people respect. You're considerate. You're appreciative of their relationship, of the things they want. You, it's the same with these folks. You can say that you're a champion for the Constitution, but you have to understand the Constitution. The Constitution lays out the way that we work as a government, as a country. And so you have to know that there's 150 people in the General Assembly, and you have to form a team, have a majority, get them supporting your ideas, and get it done. If you go, if you run for, if you run for representative, we'll just stay on the House. You run for representative, and before, while you're running, you say, all Republicans are bad. We need to replace all of them. They're all crooked. They're all this. They're all that. Now, one, that's BS. That's just a bunch of junk. It's not, it's untrue. If, if, in, in back to what I said, if you've got 30 really good ones and there's 71 there, you're outnumbered. So even though there's 30 who want to do all the things that are right and all the things we want them to do, they are outnumbered. So it's not that, and so to generalize and say, all Republicans are bad, we need to get rid of all of them. It's a very, it's asinine to say that. That's stupid. That's like saying, that the Bulls are lost a game. Let's fire Michael Jordan. I mean, that's stupid. That's not a good idea. Find out what are the reasons, you know. But these these folks will run, and it's easy. It's easy. It's 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 bottom feeding or you know um, low hanging fruit, I guess. To go to somebody's door, knock on the door, and say, "Hey, I'm so and so. I'm running for state representative. All Republicans are bad. I know what you want them to do, and they're not doing it for you." They're not getting rid of the governor's, you know, emergency powers. They're not, they're not getting constitutional carry done. They're not uh, banning abortion. They're not doing, 
that is easy to say. And it's easy to sucker people who are behind that door who don't understand government because they, 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 they believe them when they say, I'm going to go ban abortion. You're not going to ban abortion because you can't, because we have the Supreme court. They'll say, well, uh, that, that ruling is wrong or it doesn't mean that states can't do it. Say whatever you want. It's, it's, it's a fact. It's just, it's a fact of life. Now, there's people who are going to listen to this right now and be angry that I said that, but it's real. You can't. For the same reason that I don't think we should ignore marijuana law, I don't think we should ignore any other law. Change it. We have a method of change it. The Constitution's a constitution. Change the law if that's what you want to do, but don't ignore it. That is a slippery slope. It's a stupid thing to do. We're a nation of laws. We, ought to, we, ought, we should stay a nation of laws. So you have these people who come and say these things, and they're just, again, low-hanging fruit. It, it's very convincing to people. And so they, this person now gets, let's just say they win. And they get sent down to the state house. Do you think that the 150 people, or let's just say 71 Republicans in the house, do you think those 71 people are going to welcome this guy with open arms who just talked all this crazy nonsense crap and told all these lies about them? Do you think they're going to welcome him with open arms and want to work with him? Of course not. So you have to consider the person who's telling you they're going to do all these things legislatively. Can they do it? That's that's the one thing I want. Can they do what they say they're going to do for me? Can they do it? So the number one question I would ask any legislator, if they walk in, I remember talking to a group of firefighters when I was running and I remember our friend, Matt Davidson, Matt looked at me and with the, I mean, so sincerely and said, do you, he, well, he, he said something for, he said, he said, we hear this BS from you guys all the time, politicians, whatever. Tell me how you're going to do it. And I remember because for a couple of weeks I had talked to you and I talked about different things. Mm -hmm. I talked to a bunch of firefighter friends that I had up in Carmel on the West side, Speedway, kind of a bunch of different people around. And the thing that I heard, I, I heard about trying to get four men on an engine, trying to um, understand how tax increment financing, you know, builds populations and doesn't add to safety and doesn't add more trained full-time employees and things like that. So I was able to talk to him about the details of that. And this is how I, this is how I think I can help you. This is what I'm willing to do. I was able to tell him that I had met with Tom Hannafy. I was able to tell him that I showed enough respect to Tom Hannafy that they, you know, supported my campaign a bit. So I was able to say those things. And so I was telling him how I could do it because I understood it. I spent time talking to farmers. I spent time trying to understand the issues and understand how you do it. So you go and you got to, you got to build this team and you have to have this team of legislators. And that's the thing that people don't understand right now is they say, well, this guy's like Trump. Like, no, they're not like Trump. Donald Trump had an excellent understanding of government. He had an excellent understanding of politicians. He had spent lots of time around the parties. He knew people in the party. He knew the bills. He knew how they worked. He knew who was weak. He knew who was strong. He knew all those things because he had hung around a long time. Now we have candidates who pop up out of nowhere. They've never done anything with the Republican Party. And and I say this, rhino goes both ways. So you can be a left-wing rhino. You can be a right-wing rhino. You People who, if you don't like the Republican Party, don't run as a Republican. Go run as an independent. Go run as a libertarian. If you don't enjoy the Republican Party, I'll be the first to say we have problems and we need to fix it. But just like those old motorcycles... When you're riding down the road on an old motorcycle and it starts spitting and sputtering and something goes wrong and you pull over to the side of the road, 
You don't pull out a baseball bat and beat the living crap out of it. You think about it. You find the problems and you go in and you solve them. What these these new people who have now showed up, they think they're God's gift to the conservative Republicanism. These people show up and they say, Republicans are terrible. Um, the two-party system's bad, but they want to be in it. And we need to replace all Republicans, even the people who are working their butts off down there who are already outnumbered. So we're going to trade, if, if we were to vote for this person, we're going to trade this person who has no history in government, no understanding of government, no understanding of the Constitution, no understanding of the issues because they've never been around. And we're going to trade this person for someone who is incredibly educated on government, has been involved in government, has an experience in the field, and has the trust of really great conservative Republicans. That is a silly thing to, that's a silly trade out. And we have that going on right now in this community. We have it right now in this community. We've got, and, and I know, can I talk about candidates? Sure. But okay. real quick, I wanted to say something really fast. Yeah. You brought up, you know, these people are wanting to be in the um, independent or they're just conservative and, and then Republican in name only. But they want to be in one of the, one or two of the parties. Well, I would say that they want to do that because if you run as an independent or a libertarian, you're not going to win. You're, I disagree. I, where has that worked? Uh, and there's there might be one or two outliers. Yeah, but there's there's, a, there's not going to be very many outliers. Like you look at with what, me, what's going to happen. Oh, sorry, real quick. I just want to say this real quick. You look at what happened with the last race the campaign for the governor. It was was it Rainwater who was running as a libertarian. It was yep. Holcomb and then some Democrat. Yeah. If Rainwater would have gotten just enough votes to get away from Holcomb, but not enough to beat the percentage of the Democrat, Democrat just would have won. Sure. That's how that's how that would part would work. But a lot of a lot of libertarian people who are running in the Libertarian Party. I could see why they wouldn't run because they're not going to get, it's going to go to the other person because they're not going to get enough of the vote because no one's just voting straight libertarian. I would like to see that happen. I'd like to see their party grow larger to where they're more of an effective role and more of a game changer, but I just don't see that happening. It's either either going to be Republican or Democrat. That's my, that's my belief, but change my mind. Yeah. Change my mind. Let me change your mind. Let me change your mind. I think when people say that, and feel that way because a lot of people do. I, I don't think they're considering the candidate. The candidate is often the problem. It's quick, not the. Are you, are you hot? Not really. I'm okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm burning up. Oh, wait. Turn it. We'll do, do whatever you well, got to do. My fan's not working for some reason. Can oh. you crack that window behind you? It's already unlocked. Okay. Just down at the bottom. What do we do? Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Pop. There, there we go. go. Is that good? Yeah. That's okay. Fine. All right. So. All right. So. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> you've been hitting oh. the gym, bud. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, and then that mic one more time. Just so what I would they're perfect. So what I would say is this: the problem is often the candidate. It's yes. not that there's a two party system. The fact is that Donald Rainwater was not a great candidate. He wasn't a great candidate for many reasons. Nobody who was serious about abortion was on his side. Uh, it was it was just too tough to believe. I like Donald Rainwater. I do. He was not a great candidate. I mean, I'm sorry, but he just wasn't. I don't know what else to say. He's a great guy. I think he's nice. I wish we had the, the energy that was behind him. I wish we could harness all that energy in, um, you, you know, and, and 
take it over to the Republican Party. But I'm, I'm glad that people are excited and energized, but he wasn't a good candidate. And I'll, and I'll prove it to you. If Donald Trump ran on the Libertarian ticket against Eric Holcomb, he would smoked him. He would well, have yeah, smoked it's Donald him. Trump. He, w- he would have. But, but that's what I'm saying is it, it's a candidate often. It's often the candidate. When, if you have a really good candidate, you can do it. But another thing is people don't consider the hard, hard, hard work, all the money, all the time, all the effort, all the everything that goes into building the Republican Party. And it really goes back to the platform. It really does. And that's why I hold Republicans to the platform. I am not a person who typically comes out and supports an incumbent. Like I'm not, or not passionately anyway. I'm not typically that person because I like challenges to some of these races. But I don't want people challenging really great candidates who are doing all the right things, who are exceptional conservative Republicans. I don't, I don't like people challenging them who are jokes, who are jokers. I mean, it, it's, they're not serious. They're not serious. You know, locally, we have a person who's running, who's challenging one of the best conservative Republicans in the state. One of the best, the very best. She's feared in the state house for her conservative Republican values. They know they're not getting anything past her. She was a co... I'll tell you about the person, then this is really interesting. So she co-authored... You're going to say her name, too? She co-authored the Constitutional Carry Bill. Yeah, Peggy Mayfield. Okay. She She's running in District 60. She's been there for nine years. That ain't long. There's 150 people in the state house from every corner of the state. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it takes a long time to get to know those people. It goes back to that team building and relationship building. She's at a place right now where she is able to really do a lot of great stuff in the state house, which is why she was a co-author on constitutional carry. So she's a very strong second amendment. She's, I, I could go on for a long time about Peggy Mayfield, but she's, She's a, you know, she's a skeet shooter. She's very much into firearms. She's an instructor. All of her kids are championship skeet shooters. Um, she's, uh, again, co-authored the constitutional carry bill. I don't know. She was just, she's endorsed by the NRA. She's the only one in that race endorsed by the NRA. She's endorsed by right to life. She's the only one endorsed by right to life. And people say, well, the NRA, aren't they kind of weak now? Whatever. Well, she's endorsed by the two A project guy, Relford guy, Relford endorsed her. So if you, if you don't think, if you can't agree with Guy Relford on who is or isn't the Second Amendment, you know, a, a defender of the Second Amendment, I don't know who you're listening to. Um, so she is, um, she has, her name has been attached to every single, whether author, co author, of every single meaningful um, uh, anti abortion legislation since she's been there. Uh, most recently, um, the bill that was authored by uh, Joanna King. I think there was a co-author on that, but, but she was a co-author on that bill as well, which was the coerced abortion bill. I don't know if are you familiar with that? No. Basically when people go in and they're um, to have an abortion, it's a, it's a big problem in some areas in the inner cities and stuff like that, where there's prostitution or different people are forced to have abortions. Like they have people who drag them in there, you know, gang members or whatever, like forcing people to have abortions. So basically the law says, you know, it's going to take this woman aside and ask her, you know, have you been coerced? Is somebody pressing you into this? Do we need to call, you know, the authorities, whatever. And that bill will save lives, right? I mean, can we agree that it may seem, it may seem like it's not going to save too many lives to some people. I don't know, but that bill will in, in absolutely save lives, right? She, she co-authored that bill. Do you know that the people that I'm talking about, the far right, when I say far right, I'm far right. These are cultist people. And they didn't sign that bill. They didn't sign it because they want all or nothing. 
You see? So the Democrats, what do they do? They'll take anything they can get anytime. They'll take every little piece they can get. They eat the elephant one bite at a time. So when you have a group of people and you have people say, I'm not going to support that because it's not everything, that's stupid. And that is not someone who is serious about saving the lives of children. They're not serious about it. They're, they're, they're there for attention. They're there for antics or for whatever reason. They may, they may be serious about it, but they're not good at it. They may be serious, but they ha- may have every intention in the world of saving all babies' lives, but they are not good at it. Just because I agree with somebody on policy, I don't want them working on my motorcycle. I don't want them wiring my house. I don't want them babysitting my child. I don't, I want, you know, people who are good at what they're doing. And so back to Peggy Mayfield, here's this excellent conservative Republican has an excellent, excellent record on abortion, on firearms, on taxation. She's, she's part of the reason that the $545 million is coming back to people. She, um, you're a firefighter. You know, um, she's endorsed by the by the firefighters union here. Uh, Tom Hannafy, like she, she's endorsed by it. Yeah, she I've had um, Tom on here in the podcast before. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. they love Peggy Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So I like Tom, yeah. So if you yeah. if you look at if you look at somebody, you know, you look at people, folks like that. Um, she's done outstanding stuff for the police. When people are trying to defund the police, she's out fighting for funding for them. She gets seventy million dollars to uh, what's the training facility? The what, what do they call that? The in, in EDOT, EDO, EDO, whatever. If we go drive and you train. Oh, and do, No, it's not NDOT. Not NDOT. Whatever. It's the, uh, the ILEA. Is so, it ILEA, the yeah, uh, academy yeah. place? Yeah. So she went over there like back in like 2014 or something like that. And they, and she saw the place. She went through the whole thing. What's it called when you go through the firefighters thing and you spend a day and you go through the training and all that? Oh, we have like fire, uh, fire ops one one. She did it. She did like that. Spend a day, spend a day as a firefighter or something like that. She did that. She went through all the training. I guess she like went like more than most people do or something or other, but she, yeah, we have like a fire ops one one, which actually is coming up here recently. Yeah. She didn't tell me this, the the, the fire, yeah, the fire, um, some firefighters told me this about her, but anyway, so she got $70 million for that place because it was completely screwed. That facility hadn't been updated since it was built. I guess it had like old nasty stained carpet. There was no caulk in anything. The pools cracked and they couldn't even use the pool or something or other, you know, like, so there's all these issues that were with the place. That's where we train our police officers. That's where we train our safety safety officials to keep my daughter safe. And we're spending all this money on all kinds of crazy junk. And you you hear me talk about waste all the time. Yeah. It is not waste to train our police officers. That's insane. It is not waste to train our police officers. There, so, there's something with, sorry, let me interrupt real quick. There yeah. is something to be said about taking care of your first responders, taking care of the people that are in public safety. There's something to be said about that. It yeah. shows where your values are lying at. Because uh, you look at some cities, as safe as your city is, you still want to have... Yeah, you can go ahead and crack open another one, but (laughs) we'll have to make a a closing point here shortly. Oh, my goodness. My camera is not... There we go. So there's something to be said about where are your values lining up at? Are you spending money on your public safety? Because when when stuff hits the fan, let's be honest, when it hits the fan, it hits the fan, and it's bad. If you're not trained and if you're not properly fixated on what the objective is things will get worse people will die and that's not just firefighting that's also in law enforcement as well if we're not spending the money on the training for these guys because let's just be on it's expensive it is expensive to train firefighters it is expensive to train law enforcement officers yes 
and when I and when I'm talking about firefighters, I'm also talking about the medical personnel as well. Everybody on the ambulance. That's I'm I'm putting them all together as firefighters. Yeah. If you're not spending the money on training them, getting the funding that they need, when shit hits the fan, expect a lot more loss. Expect things to go wrong because we didn't train for it. Yeah. And it's we can only go so far with our training. And the department I work at, I will admit, we do a pretty good job with training. I I feel like we do a good job. Everybody can always do better. Everybody can always put in more effort and always apply more. But for my department, I feel like we do a pretty good job. And the guys that I work with, smart guys. Like they're real smart guys and they do a lot of studying on their own and they do a lot of research on their own and especially on shift. We're they're watching YouTube videos of just other departments and what they do and what other crews are doing. But that only takes you so far. Well, I think it's I think it's the nature of the person who wants to go into that. I think it's the nature yeah. of the person. Well, yeah. I think they 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 really they're driven. Uh, the process that you have to go through is such a it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough road to hoe to become, um, you know, a safety official. It, it, it's 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 pretty tough to get into that industry. I yeah, think so. It it's nature of the the person to 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 seek out those details and and to look for the thing. But you're right that that should be that should be up front. And so you're right. I think, and I know a lot of, I know a lot of you Greenwood guys. I know a lot of you personally, a lot of you are my friends and the things that I hear from you, it, all of you are really impressive. And that's Greenwood police. You could never do what these departments are doing for Greenwood. If you guys weren't like you're a special type of person from a special area of the country, in my opinion, but you're being taken advantage of. I feel like we're, we, ha we're wearing you out and not just in green where there's lots of places, all over the place. It's, a, it's but, happening all over the place. But we have to, and also, especially during COVID as well. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say yeah. the C word during COVID as well. You uh -oh. look at, departments uh -oh, you just ruined it because now that no one is going to see this. <laughs> no, it's it'll done. Be fine. It's done. The it, C word yeah. with the C word happening COVID. Yeah. You look at departments, you look at law enforcement agencies, you look at hospitals, but I'm specifically talking about fire departments and ambulance services. They didn't stop working. Granted, there may have been a um, um, a walkout at one department, and I can't remember. It was like on the East Coast, I believe. But they didn't stop working during COVID. Yeah, they didn't shut down. Yeah, guys still went to work. No one. I didn't hear. I, me and Tommy and if you talked about it, no one complained. No one's sitting there begging, like saying, "Hey, we deserve more money." I know people who were begging to go back to work. There were people, there were yeah. plenty of people begging to go back to work. Yeah. And I never, I never heard one firefighter or EMS personnel say, you know what, for this COVID BS, I deserve more money. I yeah. never heard that. No. The and reason with, you deserve, the reason you deserve more money is because you're being worked like two people. And that's exactly what I was getting to with, with hearing that from so many people across the country at that point, it should be, you know what? These guys deserve more. These yeah. guys, they they ate shit for two years. Yeah, let's go ahead and reimburse them for that. And let's go ahead and take care of them yeah. for the next time because I, these guys made it. Sorry, I keep I keep cutting you off, but no, these guys made it to where we were still able to perform and take care of all of our our citizens. Those that were in need, no, I don't believe anybody went without. Yeah, the citizens. No. They didn't. No, I don't. And, and I don't think in the world that we live in and the money that we blow, the money that we waste, whether it's on parks, bike lanes, whatever it is, we certainly in this society should not be without safety. 
ever. Not when I look around, I see all these crazy frivolous projects that we do not need. We may want them. We don't need them. There is no excuse to not hire police officers. There's no excuse to not hire enough firefighters or people on these ambulances. There's no excuse to not spend money on safety when we're spending insane amounts of money on parks. I, again, I'm the father of an eight-year-old daughter and I'm saying this. We should be, I will give up the park to make sure that my daughter is safe, to make sure there's not junkies throwing needles on the sidewalk in front of my house. I would, I would gladly put in my own swing set to, you know, I'll build it out of sticks, whatever, (laughs) to make sure that she and my wife and my family and my home are safe places to go. And we have to start putting money into that. But I'll, I'll get, I'll get back to, um. You know, I'll get back to um, to politics and politicians. Yeah, let's get back to that, and then they, we'll have to close out sure. here shortly. Yeah, they need they have to understand. These folks have to understand not just what is needed, but they need to understand how to do it. That's the problem I hear all the time. We have so many armchair quarterbacks, and guess what? Those armchair quarterbacks who don't know jack shit about anything. They're the ones that we're seeing who are showing up and running for these positions right now. And they all have the same message. They all say the same thing. Republicans are bad. We have to get rid of all of them. I'm going to fiercely defend the Constitution, even though they don't even they don't know the Constitution. They don't even know it, but they're going to fiercely defend it. They have no friends in the state house whatsoever. They're going to tell we have one locally and she just Honestly, she is starting, she's trying to start a political career on lies. So she takes one of the best conservative Republicans in Indiana, Peggy Mayfield, who, again, co-authored Constitutional Carry. Her name is on every meaningful piece of anti-abortion legislation since she's got there. I, I could go on. She's added funding to the police, funding for the police. I could go on and on about they're telling these massive lies. They said they just put out a, a mailer and said Peggy Mayfield um, didn't support constitutional carry. She co-authored the bill. They said Peggy Mayfield doesn't love babies. You know, I mean, the things that she has done. Did they, they actually say she doesn't love babies? They didn't say she doesn't love babies. They said that she doesn't support that, that basically that she's pro-abortion, which is insane. The same group, by the way, they did the same thing about me. I didn't. They wanted me to join their cult. And I had nothing to do with it because, to be quite honest, they're well, kind of who, who is the who are these? People? There's a group up north. It's called Liberty Defense Pack. And if you want to do yourself a favor right now, here's what I will say. If, if this is my opinion, and I think you'll, if you're intelligent, you'll come up with the same answers. Like, go on their website, look at every single candidate that they're supporting in Indiana right now, and do not vote for them <laughs> because they're all folks who they're gonna they they talk a big game. If I didn't know any different. I'd be like, man, I really like this person. And, but, but if you understand who they are, what they want, they hate Republicans, hate the Republican party. They don't care if you're one of the best conservative Republicans in the world doing everything you're supposed to do. Or if you're some flunky rhino, they don't care. They don't differentiate. They hate the Republican party, but they run as a Republican. It it is hard to want to be a representative in either party. It's hard because you have to show up. You have to convince people. You have to put in time and work. You have to have people get to know you. The folks in this area who are the most 
um, involved in politics, they want to know who you are when you run. They don't want somebody coming out of nowhere and saying, I'm your savior. Why? How? I can tell you that by me hanging around the party, putting out signs, working any event that I've been asked for, do, do different things. I've gotten to know so many legislators, so many people. And the most important thing I've gotten to know about the issues I've, I've been privy to conversations on farm bills. I've been privy to conversations on firearm bills. I've been privy to those conversations because I'm around. They know me. I know them. There's nothing, there's nothing evil about it. There's nothing dark or sinister about it. Johnson County and Morgan County are two of the most conservative, conservative parties in the state. They are the furthest right, probably parties in the state. There's no, we don't have the problems here, say in Hamilton County or some other counties. So when these folks come around and they say those things and they tell these lies about representative Mayfield or Michelle Davis or John Young or, or Craig Haggard, those are lies. I mean, these, these folks are good, strong conservative Republicans. It's not a problem that we have here. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not up near Chicago. We're not in Indianapolis or in the, in the bigger city. We are the, we are the conservative leaders in this state. So when they come out and they say that, well, we don't like the, the Republicans and we don't like the Republicans in these parties. Here's what I say to them. I dare you to go to our first Wednesday luncheon in Johnson County to the Geo, Johnson County GOP event. Go to that luncheon, stand in front of those people and tell them that they're not Republican enough for you. I dare you to do that. I dare you to go to Morgan County to the GOP breakfast and tell those folks that they're not Republican enough for you. They're not conservative enough for you. They will never do that. They wouldn't do it. They've never been. Most of these candidates, have. you've never seen any of them at an event ever. They're not Republicans. They're just not Republicans. And it's disrespectful to run using the Republican Party name. If you are a great candidate, you would win as an independent. You would win as a libertarian. But if you spend your whole candidacy or your whole campaign lying about people, I mean, why would you support? Why would you support any candidate trying to start their political career on lies? So, you know, and it's funny because they put out these mailers and it's right on her website, this challenger. It's right on her website. Um, and, and I don't mind saying her name. Her, it's Brittany Carroll is her name. She's running. She's never been a part of the Republican Party. She's never been a part of politics at all. You know, she claims to be this big defender of the Second Amendment, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know what? When I was down there testifying on constitutional carry, when Guy Relford was down there rounding up the whole crew and Jim Lucas was down there rounding up the whole crew, when Peggy Mayfield was standing right next to me and she was in those in on those conversations and she spent and, and I trust me, I do not compare myself to any of those people. Ben Schmaltz, all those guys, those guys were the real, they did the work. I just, I'm just a beneficiary of it. They just did the work for all of us. But those people, you know, where was she? Why wasn't she there testifying on that bill? Why wasn't she there defending the second amendment? Like she said she would be. Why, why, why were all these other people there? But she wasn't there. She's never been involved in politics. And to be honest, she's a fraud. She's a fraud. She doesn't know how to do the things she says she's going to do. But the people who are at home, since they really don't understand government, it's easy for her to convince them that she's God's gift to conservative Republicans. And it's it's and people fall for it. But we have two people in the state house right now, two people who I believed and I liked and I do like their policy. And they, they're very nice people, John Jacob and Kurt Nisley. But they they are they are no good to me whatsoever in the state house. And to, in my opinion, they shouldn't be there. 
They shouldn't be there. They, they have no business being there because they're not effective. They are not good at doing what I would like them to do. Yes, we agree on policy, but like I said, we can agree on policy, but I don't want you working on my truck because that's not what you're good at. And you're not good in the state house because all they do is they anger people, they create chaos. And it's not because all Republicans are bad because again, I know personally a good amount of them who are working really, really hard and people, not just in the state house, but people in the Republican party who have worked so hard on our principal goals of the platform for so many years, it is incredibly offensive to hear somebody show up and say, I've been working on this for six months. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, are you kidding me? For two decades, for two decades, more than two decades, 23 years or so, I have worked really hard in, in, for the Republican Party and done lots of different things, not for people in the party, for the principles, for the platform. There are many people in the party I don't even like at all. I would love to see challengers to some of the people who aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But for more than 20 years, I've put out signs, walk, knock doors, put money in, supported candidates. I mean, I put an ungodly amount of money into my own race. And for someone to show up who has no skin in the game at all and to, and to say that we're all weak and that we can't do this, you know, if, you, if they were in some other district where maybe there's somebody who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, I might not even notice. But when they show up and they lie about a really hardworking, really good conservative Republican, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to call you out, just like everybody else is calling them out right now. Like I said, Guy Relford had Peggy on the show yesterday saying, and he said, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but basically he was like, this is kind of crazy that they would say this about you because you were a co-author on the bill and we know each other and I'm endorsing you, you know, like, so when they say those kinds of things, is that who we want to support? Is that what we want? I mean, I don't care if you're right or left. It's enough of lies in politics. We've got enough on both sides. Let's deal with the truth. Let's deal with honesty. And like I said, if you want to see things happen, if you want to see people stop legislation from happening, which is, I talked to Micah Beckwith today and we're friends and I, I like Micah. I really do. There are some people in the Republican party who kind of don't like our friendship. Probably. I don't know, but I like Micah. He's a very nice person. He is a true man of God. He loves people because he loves God. And he's the kind of guy, when you talk to him, it's like you actually, like when I talk to you, I feel good. I feel good about the world. Like when I walk away, I'm like, I feel good about the world. I don't know. He's just one of those people that makes you, makes you kind of happy. But we talked today. We don't necessarily agree on some of those candidates, you know, and what they, what they kind of want to do. Like we, we don't agree on some of those candidates, but like we, we need honesty in this party in in this both parties and in politics in general, we need honesty. So we can't have people showing up, you know, saying all Republicans are bad and that, you know, these people are doing things that, because they're lies. I want, I want to hear the truth. We lived through that. We lived through that. You know, we lived through people lying about Donald Trump. You know, he wasn't the, you know, this perfect Messiah type. He was good at what he was doing. He was good at what he was doing. I would want to be married to the guy. You know, I don't know that I'd want to play soccer with the guy. I don't know, but I do know this. I, I really enjoyed having him be my president. I think he was really, really good at it. And, um, you know, I think it's important that people need to understand who they're voting for and why all Republicans are not created equal. They're not. 
and make sure that the person you're going to vote for can do what they say. Make sure they have a history of doing what they say and ask them to tell you in detail. This is what I asked that other, the challengers campaign. This is what I asked them. And if you don't know who Brittany Carroll is or Peggy Mayfield is, Center Grove was redistrict and now it is part of district 60. So it's Peggy has been that, that representative now for nine years. And she's incredible. Like I said, she, her record's impeccable. You're not going on Guy Relford's show and he's not going to endorse you if you're not, if you're not a strong conservative Republican, strong Second Amendment guy. So um, she, Center Grove is now part of District 60. Used to be John Young's district. Now it's Peggy Mayfield's district. So if you're in that area, your choices are a completely unknown candidate has, who has no record whatsoever who has already angered every single person that she's going to have to show up and work with. They already, nobody wants to work. Nobody's going to want to work with her for the same reason that they won't work with Kurt. The same reason they won't work with John, Kurt Nisley, John Jacob. They won't because you can't be a part of a group who continuously beats the living heck out of the Republican party and then show up and expect Republicans to like welcome you with open arms after you've told horrific lies. So think about what you're trading here, because what will happen is, your district will be without representation because the person you're going to elect will not be able to get anything done for you in the state house for multiple reasons. It's not because the Republican party is, Oh, we're bad, bad people. We're evil people. And you know, it's because you have, you're not serious about doing what you want to do. You're not willing to be on a team or do any teamwork or team building at all. And before you even show up, you have been incredibly offended. You've offended every single person you have to work with. That's dumb. That's stupid. When you have someone, you hear this all the time, establishment Republican, establishment Republican. Well, I got news for you. I, I hate that term because I want my representative to be established. I want them to be well-established because that's how they get things done. My wife's in the hair business, right? So she's opened a new salon down in Nashville. She's in the hair business. She calls our friend out in California last night who is very well established in this industry. My wife has some issue with some product line or something she's trying to get. She talks to this person out in California. Our friend in California says, oh, I know so-and-so out of Chicago. I can help this get this done for you because she's well established. And but, wouldn't the, but wouldn't the established Republicans be the ones that are the all or nothings? What do you mean? So the, earlier you spoke about it's that some of the far right Republicans are it's all or nothing yeah. for a bill. Sure. Do you think that a lot of those established Republicans are those type, which is why people call them the established Republicans and don't like them? I think people I think people like to talk about the established Republicans there. I, I would I would say that Michelle Davis just showed up. She's already an established Republican. And I, I mean that with with as a, as a huge compliment, she's definitely, she showed up and established herself. Yeah. But I think what people you know. are talking about, cause like I listen to people that are more center as well. Yeah. And when they're like Tim pool, one of them, when they're talking about that, they're talking about, we'll, we'll talk about this real quick and then we'll finish up. Um, <laughs> what they're talking about is se particularly like section two thirty for like the, uh, social media bill, social media clause stuff. And a lot of Republicans, they Donald Trump could have done something about it. A lot of Republicans could have done something about it, but they just didn't. Yeah. They just didn't. 
And there's there's plenty. They complain about it, but they just they didn't do anything about it. Why? Because it's either all or nothing for most of them. And it, you can't get those small, tiny victories, and you won't see that happen. You won't see it happen, obviously, right now. Well, I think but it's that's important. That's why people get upset about it. Well, I think it's re- important to consider the districts that some of the Republicans come from. I know that we probably have at least six or seven Republicans that are in Democrat districts. I mean, they sh- for every for every rhyme reason piece of data, they should be de- Democrat. But we had a you know why they're not because the candidate was so good as a candidate. Like he's just a, a charming, he or she, charming candidate, and they, they won. So would we rather that Republican, would we rather have that Republican, and, and they'll say, well, uh, we can't sell out our integrity. Well, guess what? There's traction. Do you want to move forward or not? Because Democrats know how to do it. They'll take whatever they can get. Yeah. So, and we lose by that. And it took me a long time to figure out like how, that we need to be doing some of that. So if you're in these six or seven districts that are Democrat, but we have them as Republicans, do we want those people to go home and get their ass beat in election? And now it's going to be Democrat. We don't get anything. We get nothing. So you have to really consider it. Now there's a bunch of other people in the middle who are in very conservative districts who are not doing what they're supposed to do. And I'll, and I'll name names on that too. Unfortunately, you're, he's, he's no longer, He's no longer my senator, but Indiana in the Indiana Senate, we have Greg Walker. And I am, I, I just, I couldn't be more mad at somebody because his district is Johnson County down like Bartholomew County. I mean, tell me that's not conservative. That's one of the most conservative Senate districts in Indiana, right? Greg Walker voted against, he voted against the transgender bill. He voted against CRT. He voted against the constitutional carry. That's, that's your senator who voted against that. That's a Republican. And I am very outspoken about that. I'm very outspoken against anyone who doesn't follow our platform or doesn't follow the, the, their constituent, the will of their constituents. They want you to vote this way. You should. And I don't, I don't even want to hear the excuse. The excuse would be, well, Jay, I just don't think it was constitutional. Well, you don't get to decide that. The Supreme Court had ruled on it. So it's not you're not talking about law. The judicial branch is down the hall, buddy. You're here to do what your constituents want you to do. You're a representative. You know, if you want to do the other job, that's fine. Go see if you go see about being a judge. Go, go try, you know, but that's not who you are here. Do what your constituents want you to do. And, you know, again, know who you are voting for. But in all this mess, you know, he was up for primary election this time, right? So the, the, I can't remember when filing deadline ended for that off the top of my head, but filing in line, the, the, the filing deadline ended like this day. And then three very important votes in session happened right after. And he voted the opposite of his constituency on all of those votes right after, you know, the deadline, nobody challenged him, but they're challenging people like, like Peggy Mayfield, one of the best conservative Republicans in the house. They're going to challenge her, but they won't. Ch- Do you know what that shows me? They don't know anything about government. They don't know what they're talking about. If they really wanted those things to, to pass, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if Brittany Carroll's in that district or not, but I'm certainly some of the people in her group are, they should have challenged him. People would expect that. But when you show up, and that's what I told them, somebody from their group came and talked to me. They say they didn't ask me to help, but whether they asked me to help or they just wanted to talk to me, I told them in the beginning, I said, listen, you're not going to beat Peggy Mayfield on her record because her record is impeccable. You're going to have to lie about, you would have to lie about her. So it was you. 
And that's what they're doing. <laughs> it was you. It was you gave them that idea. Way to go, Jay. I gave them the idea to lie. <laughs> well, I guess so. I don't know, yeah. but they they certainly are doing it. So, hmm. man, Matt, I really appreciate you having me on here. I, I loved having you on here. I man. love coming over here. I just love it. I, I love it. I think it's a. I don't know. Like I said, it's just relaxed. It's fun. It's always fun to talk about this stuff. People get pretty nervous, like I said, about putting stuff mm-hmm. on record, but I typically don't. Gosh, I record all my crap on Facebook. Everybody knows that. Oh yeah, everyone does. I just love listening to you talk just because it's just, you You do know what you're talking about. Sometimes I don't fully always agree with everything you say, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. And there's things that you probably wouldn't agree with me on. Like, you know, I'm all about like, hey, just make weed legal. I don't really That's, care. And you might feel the same way, but you might not. And hey, there's other people out there that I work with that are like, no, it needs to be, it needs to be illegal. I'm like, no, make it legal. Well, you don't, and that's, I hope that's the point. I hope that's the takeaway of our conversation tonight is that we don't have to agree on everything. We just Mm -hmm. have to agree that we want, we have to agree that the things that we agree on, that we're going to work together to make them happen. And then it doesn't matter if it's, if, if your name's on it or my name's on it, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if I have a piece of legislation that we both want to happen, it doesn't matter if it's mine or yours. Let's just talk to each other. Let's have this friendship. Let's have this cordial mm-hmm. conversation where we can work together on these pieces. And you can't do that. If, if I, if before I got here and I said, Matt, I'm going to try to talk you into this thing. I'm going to try to change your mind about the two party system or whatever. I, I, if before I got here, I, I was, you, you went on my Facebook and you read a post and it was Jay Hart saying, Matt Stumpo is evil. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a this and that. He's a terrible person. But am, do you think I'm really trying to convince you? You think I'm coming here from, and I positioned myself well to convince mm-hmm. you. So that's the thing. Like, think about that. If you're hiring someone who has talked all this crap about the people. And the important thing is the people who are there are working hard. A good portion of them. You don't want to fire them. You do not want to fire that portion who's working hard for you because that's dumb. It's like firing Michael Jordan if the Bulls lost. Stupid. Jay, I really appreciate you coming on and talking, man. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was fun, man. Hopefully we can do it again. There you have it, folks. I hope you really enjoyed the conversation I had with Jay. I know I did, and I always do. So if you liked the video, Go ahead, like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on any other podcast form, uh, Apple or Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you already haven't done that. And if you have done that, I really do appreciate it. So thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a blessed day.